What up, bros? This is the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to... Give me a laugh, you asshole. Sorry. That love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we got a decent amount of new pop figures coming out. Um, and for those of you that were curious, we were, or we have the M or the Marvel collector core box leaks. So we'll talk about that uh, a little bit. Um, in this week's sneak peeks, we only got a trailer for Raya and the last dragon. Um, and then for the main event of the evening, we will be breaking down nightmare on Elm street, the original one. Yeah. Kind of sad that you have to classify that nowadays. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Freaking sucks. Um, so yeah, that's what our episode will include, and yeah, let's get into it. Let's do it. I'm Brucker. I'm Levi. And together, we co-host a movie podcast called Film on the Rocks. On our movie podcast, we like to have fun with movies, and we don't like to break down movies beat by beat, scene by scene. We like to talk about what was fun about them. So we talk about our favorite scenes, uh, sprinkle in some trivia, uh, we debate whether or not they deserve a sequel, and we also talk about um, some drinking rules that they can have, such as drink every time Vince Vaughn stuffs his face in Wedding Crashers. Or something we call the Yoda Clause, which is every time Frank Oz jumps on a screen, finish your drink. You can find us on Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or really anywhere you can find podcasts, if this sounds interesting to you. Yes, and we also love listener interaction, and we also like to take movie requests. So you could reach out to us on Twitter at Film on the Rocks, Instagram, Film on the Rocks Podcast, or email us at fotrpodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you all. Give us a listen. All right, first up in Adventures in Hunting, we got a decent amount of new pop figures coming out. Uh, the first of which uh, will be the Stitch with Frog. And I don't know what exclusive this is so i think it's maybe an fye i actually don't even know if it says actually what it is no so it doesn't say where it's going to be exclusive to but hmm okay yeah it's weird that's blurred out it is um but i mean it's a figure (laughs) (laughs) you don't say like it's it's cool, but it's like it's nothing special. I mean, wasn't this? Uh, doesn't he see a frog when he first lands to Earth? Yes. Okay. So then, shouldn't he have his uniform on? Yep. The hell, Funko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Already, um, already failing. Next up, we got our fourth installment of the wood decor figures, Marvel figures. Uh, this was going to be the Wood Decor Spider-Man. And this one's badass. So this is his first appearance pose. Which is very cool. Yeah, which is super cool. Um, has like the the cool wings under his, under his arms and everything. Freaking badass. Um, are you going to pick it up though? Probably not. Of course not. It's just because the Wood Decor. <laughs> I would, I, I don't care for the wood decor because it's still plastic if it was like actual wood maybe oh they'd be charging up ass if it was real wood yeah but that'd be freaking dope that would be very very dope i'll give you that 
Yeah, so probably not one I would. I'm personally going to grab, but okay. I mean, I'm not either. Yeah. Um. Next up, we got a line that I have no idea why they're doing this. So I'm going to leave this to Rose because I know how to pronounce all this shit. <laughs> so this is going to be fun for everyone. Uh, Vic, this is the Lucha Libre Marvel line. <laughs> Vic, please don't kill me for how I pronounce these. All right. So first up, we got the Hulk version, which is El Furioso. Did I say that right? El what? Furioso. Close enough. Okay. What do you mean close enough? I was really off. Gosh, damn it. All right, next up we got the Wolverine, Lucha Libre, uh, also known as El Animal Indestructible. Destructible? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Next up, we got the <laughs> Libre Spider-Man, which is El, Ira- El Ilacno. Is it okay to be doing the accent? Like, am I... I don't know. Sure. Okay. I, I don't want to be stepping on anyone's toes. Um, next up, we have the uh, Lucha Libre Captain Marvel. I'm going to butcher this so bad. La Estrella Cosmica. Uh, next up, we got the Lucha Libre uh, Venom, El v- <laughs> Venuade. I don't know how the hell to pronounce this shit. Uh, next up, we got the Lucha Libre Deadpool, also known as El Chimichanga de la Muerte. And then last but not least, we have the Lucha Libre Iron Man, also known as El Herde Invic- Invicto. <laughs> Shit. That's hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. I never took Spanish. Actually, I took one year of Spanish, and as you can see, I didn't do so well. Nope, didn't stick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hope all you Spanish speakers got a good kick out of that. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry. I did not mean to offend anybody. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I don't know why this line is a thing. Let's see. Let's face it. Funko will cater to anything. I don't know why. Why? No. Who asked for Lucha Libre Marvel? Vic. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I know that there's a Hulk one. I'm not picking it up. You. Be- Never mind. I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, it's just like if there was a Hawkeye why? one, though. Would you though? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. <laughs> it's just. <sighs> I mean, okay, I'll give you some points for creativity yeah, and, it. like, being original, but why? <laughs> I feel this is going to be um, one of Mar- uh, one of Fungo's, like, least selling lines. I'll bet you they go on sale like that. No shit. I w- I'd put money on that. Yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, that's the uh, Lucha Libre line. All right, let's uh, put your money where your mouth is. Five bucks. <laughs> We'll see. Um, The last thing in Adventures in Hunting that we got, the Marvel Collector Core box that we discussed last week, and we had our theories about what was going to be in this box. Um, They actually leaked what was going to be in the box. And we were wrong. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we did get some right. Uh, we got one right. <laughs> I thought we got two. No, we only got like one. Did we only get the shirt right? Yeah. He kind of got the second pop right. It doesn't count. Oh my god. Doesn't count. Fine. Because we said, oh well. Okay, I'll I'll say we got somewhat. Like we got like a half point. Okay. So we got one and a half things correct out of the five. So the first thing still failed. Yeah, still failed. Um, so the first thing, the one thing that we did get right was a shawarma scene T-shirt. This is awesome. I love this so much. I love that it's not like super like it's a lot of muted colors. The only like real sharp color is red. Yeah. Um. So it's the scene of all the Avengers around the shawarma table at the end of Avengers, and it's a shawarma time on top. Has an Avenger symbol, and then like I'm assuming a Marvel symbol on the other side. Yeah. Uh. Super dope. Very dope. Yeah. Um. Next up, the pin. So I assumed that this pin was going to be the Adam Warlock cocoon or the pager from Captain Marvel or uh, from Infinity War. Boy, were we wrong. Yeah, so this is Dancing Groot. Big shocker. It's kind of dumb, it's honestly. Very dumb. Like, we've had uh, so much Dancing Groot stuff. Like, I. Was kind of going for stuff that we haven't seen before. Yeah, but when I was making my guesses, otherwise I probably would have guessed Dancing Groot <laughs> on but, something. Let's face it; they're gonna milk Groot until actually they're just gonna always milk Groot. I don't think Groot will ever die. Probably not. Um, next up, we got the sticker, which I assumed was either going to be the cocoon or the pager, because I think those what those were interchangeable. Uh, with my guesses, but no, we're getting Thanos holding the Infinity Gauntlet, which was at the end of, I want to say Age of Ultron. Yeah, the fine, I'll do it myself. Yeah, but it's not even like that suit. Yeah, that's true. Did he even have the helmet? He ha- no, he had the helmet. He did? Okay. But it was like the yeah. colors weren't that yeah, vibrant. Yeah, this is classic Thanos, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this is like comic book looking Thanos, and it's, eh. No. <laughs> yeah so got that one wrong uh the next one which i'm giving myself a half point for because we said that there was going to be a nick fury but we thought it was going to be hawaiian shirt nick fury yep. from the end of far from home this is mid dusting uh nick fury where he is holding the pager so maybe I'll give myself three quarters of a point for that. All right. Because <laughs> the pager is included. Yeah. Eh, no. I said it was going to be shirt or pin, so never mind. Um, yeah, so he's holding... yourself down. Like yeah, that. he's holding the pager, and he's, like, mid-dusting. So it's, like, part of his, like, arm is, is being dusted. Doesn't look like any of his face, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So that's one of the pops. And the other pop, which we assumed was going to be Howard the Duck, is going to be Detention Captain America. Well, isn't it PSA Captain America? Yeah, PSA Captain America. And this one's so cool. This one is awesome. So this is Captain America in his classic Avengers suit. And he's 
back or he's sitting backwards on a chair. Yeah, it's it's just so this was hold up. This is actually de- the detention PSA, Captain America. Oh, yeah, this was did. in the oh, movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This wasn't in the end credit scene because end credit scene he was standing yeah, up. Yeah, he's standing up. Yeah, yeah, because he's just like, how many more of these? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's inaccurate. Those bastards. Well, but anyway, it's it's PSA Captain America. Yeah. Um, and he's sitting backwards on a chair, and it's it's kind of really cool. <laughs> So, you got detention. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one and a half points. If anyone wants to argue that I only deserve one point, forget you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's everything we got in Adventures in Hunting. Uh, moving on to this week's sneak peeks, we got a trailer for the new, is it Pixar? Or is it Disney? It's Disney. It's Disney. Come on, man. Okay, I was just checking, asshole. They look the same. (laughs) Guys, I'm about to bitch slap Caleb. (laughs) I'm about to bitch slap his ass. It's the next Disney animated movie, Raya and the Last Dragon. It clearly said from the studio that brought you Moana and Frozen. Okay, whatever. That's not Pixar. You picky ass. (laughs) No, you just don't know animation. Apparently, I don't. <laughs> so, what shit? What's her name? <laughs> uh, Rhea and the Last Dragon, stall, st- stalling, starring Kelly Marie Trans, isn't that her name? Uh, I don't remember the name of the. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the name of her. Uh, yep, Kelly Marie Tran. And Aquafina's gonna be in it? Dope. She's playing Sisu. That's awesome. That is so cool. But anyway, let's actually talk about the trailer. Yeah. Uh you wanna talk about it? Yeah. Oh, you got no comment? No, I I have some comments, but just Okay. Um, so basically uh the trailer opens up with kind of her suiting up, um, looking all badass. Um, and then she goes I don't know exactly where she's going, but it seems like she's going to, like, an underground um, area. She finds, like, a hidden, not temple, but, like, a hidden uh, door. And she takes her bamboo sticks and sticks it in and is able to turn it. And then um, there's this, like, thing with her, like, pet roly-poly oly. <laughs> I thought I, it was, like, more armadillo, yeah, but it's, opinion. like, an armadillo-hedgehog mix. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Um, so yeah, there's a joke with that about how, uh, he can't get back up, so she has to help him, um, and then we fast forward, I'm assuming to a little bit in the future, where, or, well, no, I don't know if it's in the future, but she's talking about how she wants to be the, uh, the one to, like, guard this, uh, last dragon kind of thing, um, I know I'm, like, totally butchering the story, I'm sorry, I've only seen this trailer once, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it seems like the dragon or the hunt for the dragon is more like trying to unite all of the different tribes. Yes, yeah, thank you for bringing that up cuz they've been um in dis- disagreement for quite a while. Um but overall, this looks like a good Disney movie. Um I don't know if it's going to be Frozen level, but I can definitely see this being like Moana level. 
most definitely. I agree. I am a little bummed out that they didn't use an accent because it seems like they were going for like an Asian look or an Asian story. Well, I mean, she is being played by an Asian actress. I don't know. I like yeah, but I feel like there should be a little bit of an accent. I don't think there really has to be one. Yeah, that's just Moana had one a little bit, didn't she? Not really. I don't know. I mean, like a how, little bit. How can you tell when someone's Samoan? Cause it's, it's just more the. It's not necessarily like they have an accent. Yeah. It's just it's more like the way that they pronounce things. Okay. Because when she was, like, or saying her name, Moana, when she was saying her name, she had a very, like, Samoan accent. Okay, that's fair. When she was saying that. Or, yeah, she was just using, like, some heavy pronunciation. Okay, I'll give you that. And other, like, different words seem to have, like, a little bit of a of an accent hint to them. Okay. It wasn't, like, super heavy, but this one's just, like, flat-out English accent. Or... American accent, not I mean, English. Well, I mean, you remember what Killing Mary Trans was in, right? No. What? I'll give you a hint. She's... I, I don't... No, I'm going to go second. She's probably the second most hated Star Wars character. What? Yeah. She was Rose? Yeah, she was Rose. <laughs> oh my gosh, I didn't... I did not remember that. Yep. This is her. Huh. Yeah. Okay. So I'm actually really pumped for this movie because I actually think she's a really good actress and it was just a shitty character she was given. Yeah. So, yeah. I hope she... she. I hope this movie does well for her. I, just I for too. her sake. Yeah, I, I do too. Aquafina will be fine. We just need it to do good for Kelly Marie Tran. <laughs> um, but anyway, on a scale of 1 to 10, excitement level. Unless you had anything else to say about it. No, I I I, enjoy, I like that they're doing like a different timeline. Yeah. So where she seems to like it seems to take her a span of like a few years, it seems. Okay, yeah, so it did jump to the future. It yeah. Um so I'm going to correct myself. So I did I did enjoy that. Okay. Where it seemed like younger and older version. Okay. So that was pretty cool. And that kind of makes me a little bit more excited cuz I love seeing those that time difference and if they do like a back and forth, I think that could lead to some really cool storytelling. Oh, fair. Right now, I'm about a 6. Uh maybe maybe a soft 7. I'm I'm fairly excited okay. just cuz it's a Disney movie. Like Yeah. How could it not be good? I mean, um, we've, we've seen some bad Disney movies. Fair, fair. But I have high hopes for this one. All right. Um, I, w I won't say high expectations, but high hopes. Okay. Okay, so you said a soft seven? A soft seven. I'd say I'm at a strong seven. Strong? That's fair. Yeah. That's definitely fair. Um... So yeah, this is getting released March of 2021. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it took uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife spot. Dude, how the hell is that getting released before um Black Widow? 
What, Raya? Yeah. I don't know. That's bullshit. Well, I mean, I don't... I feel Disney wants Black Widow to uh, be... uh, Wants people to be more comfortable going to the movies to see Black Widow more than Raya. Because, you know, Black Widow is definitely going to make a lot more money. Fair. (laughs) Dude, honestly, I just hope that Soul does good enough in on christmas i just hope it does good enough that they feel comfortable releasing things on video on demand fair that's fair because i would buy the ever-living shit out of a movie that came on video on demand right now but i haven't seen any like ones that have intrigued me enough no i think they kind of put a hold on the whole in theaters and VOD on well no they didn't actually it's just no really big movies going on VOD and in theaters right anyway uh so yeah Ray on the Last Dragon uh we're pr- pretty excited for it yeah um and that's everything that we got in this week's sneak peeks so with that, we can move on to our main event of the evening, which will be breaking down Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, boy. Time for the main event. It's main event time. Let's play game. Alrighty, so... Before we get into the main event, I'm going to be reading off the answers to the question of the week that we posted. Um, we had to record a little bit earlier, so I'm recording this part separately by myself. Um, so the question of the week that I posted was, "What is Freddy is about to kill you in your nightmare. How does he do it? And we got a few responses, all of them on Twitter. Um, so first up, we got a response from the Untrained Eye at Untrained Eye Pod on Twitter. Like I said, <laughs> uh, they said he does a one-man table read of the Rise of Skywalker. And if you've gone back and listened to my breakdown uh, or to our breakdown of uh, um, Rise of Skywalker, I say my because. <laughs> I feel like me and Rose gave two very different reviews on that. Um, I did not like it, even a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely agree. That would be something that would that would do it for me. <laughs> uh, next up, we got a response from Cal and Jay at From the Bottom Five Hundred Four. Uh, they just sent us a gif of. Schmeagel falling into lava. So I'm assuming that's the nightmare. Um, but yes. Absolutely yes. Um, next up we got a response from Much Talk About Nothing, a movie podcast. At MTAN Podcast. And they said, he asks me how many people listen to the show. For some reason, the number always kills me. <laughs> um, yeah. So we are in a position, me and Rose are in a position, where we understand that our show is not the most popular and not the most creative. 
Um, and honestly, we are just happy that the number isn't zero. Because we didn't have any listeners for the first, I want to say like 10, maybe 15 episodes that we did. And yeah, it was uh, <laughs> like, it was just nothing and we we started this show just to do it for f- the f- for f- us it was f- it's for us like we enjoy talking about movies we enjoy giving it letter grades and we just kind of wanted to improve our rating the or the way that we grade movies couldn't kind of not give it just such a personal score so yeah absolutely talking about the podcast numbers <laughs> It's not even a little bit fun. Uh, Next up, we got a response from Dr. Neil Buttery at Neil Buttery. Uh, He said he attempts to explain to me the offside rule in football over and over again. Um, Neither Rose and I are very athletically inclined, so we don't know what the offside rule is. But if he were just to try and talk football to us forever... Uh, that would do it for us. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, moving on. Next up, we got a response from Crimes and Closets at Crimes underscore Closets. Uh, they just said, this is fun. And we try to make our, our question of the week super fun. Uh, we try to not do, what's your favorite this? What's your favorite that? Like, what would you do with this? Like, we, we try to come up with something where it's a... Sh- it could be like a short little response, not something that's just like, oh, this one. But sometimes, like last week, because I asked what, oh, I forgot to post that one. Shit. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, last week, Friday the 13th episode, I was supposed to post an, a question of the week and ended up not doing it. <laughs> and I meant to post one. It was just like, what's your favorite Jason movie? Because I've already done stuff with Jason like questions on like what's your favorite kill of his and blah blah blah. So like it was super hard to come up with like a brand new question. Um moving on. So anyway, thank you. We we take pride in making our question of the weeks as fun as possible. Um next up we got Baylor the Great at Baylor the Great. Uh they said at every THGC culture at take up space pod, he ties my body up against a bed of nails, places my body under a rim, and forces Drake and Leia to shoot medicine balls until they can't lift another one. And then they die afterwards. We all gotta go. <laughs> and extremely gruesome. And, uh,. Yeah, we got a response from Take Up, the Take Up Space podcast uh, that said, uh, not only do you want me to help you, you or I vaguely die as well. Uh, I can't go out like that. <laughs> so I thought that was hilarious. And then the, um, the podcast for all cultures uh, responded to that as well and just said, bruh, no. <laughs> Uh, the last response we got is from Barry at, I'm going to have to mark this episode explicit if I say your name, but it's 
effing seven Dante, but it's the actual word. I'm not I typically I would if this were already an explicit episode and it's not. I don't think so. I'm sorry. Anyway, uh he, he responded with kills me with a live laugh love painting. And yeah. Anyone that has a uh, live laugh love sign in their house kind of sucks. And yes, that is coming from someone that has a live laugh love sign in their house. <laughs> I understand the irony in that. So if you want to get pissed off at me, uh, sorry. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that is all the responses that we got. Thank you to everyone that interacted with us this week. We really appreciate it. Uh, now, on to the actual breakdown. Um, if you guys are new to our breakdown system, uh, we've broken down movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final All Bros letter grade and percentage. So, with that, the eight categories that we grade are story, writing, acting, character development. But with this being a horror movie, we are going to ch we're changing it to logic. So the horror logic. Um, then effects, music, costumes, and then at the end we give it our own personal grade, and then that gives us our our score, which we'll discuss at the at the end. Um, so, if you have not seen Fra or Nightmare on... I keep mixing this up. Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can yeah. see the disappointment in your eyes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, if you have not seen Nightmare on Elm Street, you have had ample amounts of time to see it. You've so, had... if, you, if this gets spoiled for you, it's your own damn fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so with that rose is going to get into the synopsis and kind of read read off the story for for us all right so in march 1981 tina gray awakens from a nightmare where she is attacked by a disfigured man wearing a blade fixed glove in a boiler room her mother points out four mysterious slashes on her nightgown the following morning, Tina is consoled by her best friend Nancy Thompson and her boyfriend Glenn Lance. The two stay at Tina's house when Tina's mother goes out of town, but their sleepover is interrupted, uh, interrupted by Tina's boyfriend Rod Lane. When Tina falls asleep, she dreams of being chased by the disfigured man. Rod is awoken by Tina's thrashing and sees her dragged and fatally slashed by an unseen force, forcing him to flee as Nancy and Glenn awaken to find Tina bloodied and dead. The next day, Rod is arrested by Nancy's father, Don Thompson, despite his pleas of innocence. At school, Nancy falls asleep in class and dreams that the man who calls himself Freddy chases her to the boiler room where she is cornered and intentionally burns her arm on a pipe to wake up. The burn startles her awake in class and she notices a burn mark on her arm. Nancy goes to Rod at the police station who tells her details about what happened to Tina along with his own recent nightmares. This makes Nancy believe that Freddy is responsible for Tina's death. At home, Nancy falls asleep in the bathtub and is nearly is nearly drowned by Freddy. Nancy then depends on caffeine to stay awake and invites Glenn to watch over her as she sleeps. 
In her dream, Nancy sees Freddy prepare to kill Rod in his cell before he turns his attention toward her. Nancy runs away. Glenn has fallen asleep, but Nancy wakes up when her alarm clock goes off. Freddy kills Rod by wrapping bed sheets around his neck like a noose. Nancy, her father, and Glenn find his body hanging in his cell, making it look like Rod committed suicide. At Rod's funeral, Nancy's parents become worried when she describes her dreams about Freddy. Her alcoholic mother, Marge, takes her to a sleep disorders clinic, where, in a dream, Nancy grabs Freddy's fedora with his name Fred Krueger written in it and pulls it from the dream into reality. Upon barricading the house, Marge reveals to Nancy that Kruger was a sadistic child murderer leased on a technicality and then burned alive by parents living on their streets seeking vigilante justice. Nancy realizes that Kruger, now a vengeful ghost, desires revenge and to... Caleb, what's that word? Sad, Sad... something. Uh... Satiate? Satiate? Desires to revenge... Or desires revenge and to satiate his psychopathic needs. Okay. Yeah. Alright, cool. What, so, what Caleb said. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy tries to call Glenn to warn him, but his father prevents her from speaking to him. Glenn falls asleep and is killed by Kruger. Now alone, Nancy puts Marge to sleep and asks her father, who is across the street investigating Glenn's death, to break into the house in 20 minutes. Nancy rigs booby traps around the house and grabs Kruger out of the dream and into the real world. The booby traps affect Kruger enough that Nancy is able to light him on fire and lock him in the basement. Nancy rushes to the door for help. The police arrive to find that Kruger has escaped from the basement. Nancy and Don go upstairs to find a burning Kruger smothering Marge in her bedroom. After Don puts out the fire, Krug and Marge vanish into the bed. When Don leaves the room, Kruger rises from the bed behind Nancy. Nancy realizes that Kruger is powered by his victim's fear, and she calmly turns her back to him. Kruger evaporates when he attempts to lunge at her. Nancy steps outside into a bright and foggy morning where all of her friends and her mother are still alive. Shit. Uh, Nancy gets into Glenn's convertible to go to school, and then the Kruger-themed top suddenly comes down and locks them in as the car drives uncontrollably down the street. Three girls in white dresses playing jump rope are heard chanting Kruger's nursery rhyme as Marge is grabbed by Kruger through the front door window. Hells yeah. Out the mouthful. <laughs> yeah, this... So I've never seen Friday the Thirteenth. God damn it! Nightmare it on right. Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Be- <laughs> before, before this, and I absolutely loved it. It's a great horror movie. It was so much fun, and honestly, the only thing that. Like, I think everything aged really well because everything that they did was practical. Yeah. At least a majority of it was practical. Like, there were certain things that you, they couldn't quite do that was practical. And the biggest one was the, the only thing that I felt didn't age super well is when she turned her back to Freddy and then he, like, lunged at her and disappeared. Yeah, honestly, that is really the only thing that didn't age well. 
Yeah, everything else I feel. I don't know. I feel that actually still kind of does look decent. It does. Like that. I'm just saying, like out of everything else, that's okay. the thing that aged the movie the most. Not the uh, the long arm Freddy walking down the. I actually really, really dug that. <laughs> <laughs> like I know it was like cheesy as shit, but I actually really dug that. I dig it for the way that they did it, and I just love how it had they had two guys on um then they say just two roofs holding them up by uh fish hooks yeah for fishing poles <laughs> that yeah that, that's how they did that scene that is so cool that that is yeah that that is just awesome yeah i like i mean you can argue that that looked super dumb but i thought it was cool it was cool. I'll give you that. Yeah, and that's even before I learned how they did it. Like, after you learn how everything was done, it makes it a whole lot cooler. It does. I absolutely agree. But, yeah, the, out of everything, the one, like, special effect that they did, um, yeah, didn't look super good. And that's even including the s- scenes where you see Freddy go through stuff. Like the yeah, jail that cell still looks good. That still looked damn good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I love this. It was it, it was it keeps you engaged. The practical effects hold up. There was still shit. Like this is like. I think you could make the argument that this is like. It's an eighties horror movie. It's kind of cheesy. Yeah. But there was still stuff that made me, like, jump. And it was stuff that I knew was coming, too. <laughs> like, what, Like for example, there's a scene where... What's the the main lady's name? Is it Nancy? Is it... Okay, yeah, Nancy. Um, so there's a scene where Nancy is in school, and she's dozing off. And she hears her friend Tina, who had already died at this point... She hears her calling her name, and she like she kind of wakes up and she looks around the classroom, and then like I knew that we were going to see Tina. What I wasn't expecting was seeing Tina in the body bag. Yeah, that was definitely something. Yeah, that's that like that startled me, <laughs> and it's just because it's one of those things that it's just like. Oh, like I know it's about to come, and then they flip it on you. Like they just like kind of flip it on on its head, or do something unexpected with that. That something that you already know is coming, and I love that. Um, there was also another scene later on that kind of startled me, and it's when Nancy is. It's like kind of the final fight with. Uh, Freddie, while when she tries to bring Freddie into the real world, and she wakes up, and Freddie's not there. It's after like she's in her, the dream world. They're fighting, and then she wakes up, and then Freddie's not there, and she kind of like stands up out of her bed, and starts to like talk and or just say something like, "Oh, it didn't work," or something along that yeah. those lines. And then Freddy, like, stands up behind her. And, like, I knew that was coming. 
But it's just the way it came. It came mid sentence, and it was just like, "Oh!" <laughs> Didn't Cinema Sense uh, weren't they like, "What the hell did or why the hell were you waiting there?" Or some shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> we watched the Cinema Sense for that like almost immediately yeah. after, and it was great. Um, but yeah, I love when a horror movie can catch me off guard, even with something that I know is coming. Like I think that like. Those are those little jump scares that are well earned. Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you that. And like cheap jump scares is when you know something's coming, but they do it like over the top. I feel like was I feel like most of the jump scares that I get mad at is when it's like absolutely silent, and then it's just like. Bleh! It's the 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 jump scare that really pisses me off is one like you said it's dead silent and then a door slams. Yeah, those are cheap. Oh my! It, it still makes me jump and I get angry. I'm like, I, I jump. And I'm like, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. That's what I consider like a cheap jump scare. Yeah, so, something that you know is coming, or something that is just like it's not earned. Yeah. Like, those door slammings, those are never earned, ever. No. Like, if they could find a way to do a door slam where you see the door shut, that would be, and, like, they still manage to find a way to scare you, that is well earned, I feel. I can agree with that. It's the stuff that you can see coming, and it still startles you. And it can also be implied things. Like, I knew Freddy was going to jump up and say something. And, like, I knew that that was going to be a jump scare. But the way that they pulled it off was amazing. It was. I feel like what would have been super cheap is if Nancy would have finished her sentence and been like, oh, I guess it didn't work. Silence, Freddy. But the fact that he did it mid-sentence definitely was effective yeah Yeah. it's just i don't know i don't like the cheap like oh we're going to be quiet for a certain amount of time and then in your face i don't think anyone does yeah i hate that and it's it's not necessarily because I, i hate being like scared yeah or startled or whatever it's just like i said it's it feels cheap it's like yeah i could do that like i could scare the shit out of someone by doing that. But it's just... it's There's an art to scaring, I feel. There is. I, and I, the art is scaring someone with something they know is coming. Okay. And I'm trying to like think of like another example of something that's... That does that. Um, oh! We were just talking about it earlier, the uh, Annabelle movie. Oh, yes. There's a scene where, and like this is like a, a really bitchin' scene, but you see this little girl in across the hallway. Like, you're in one room with the main girl, or the main lady, and she is like looking out into the hallway... Or she's at the door, I think. Isn't she? Or I can't she remember, at the. Actually. 
She's either by the door. Who shuts it? Doesn't isn't she the one yeah, that shuts think, the door? Yeah, so she has to be. Okay, so yes, yeah, so she's standing by the door, is looking across the hallway into another room, and she sees this figure of this little girl, and that's just standing there. The girl starts walking, or more running. Yeah, it's running. Yeah, she starts running towards. The girl, the girl sh- goes to shut the door, and right before the the door shuts, the door slams open, and it's like a fully grown woman, like creature yeah. thing. That you know what's coming. You know that the little girl is going to come through the door. You think you know that the little girl is going to come through yeah. the door, but you get this <laughs> shit scared out of you because they freaking flip it on their head. That is something that scared the living bejesus out of me, and I loved it. I did too. That's a great scene. Because it's it's something like you knew what was coming, and it just it scared you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that movie as well was also full of like cheap ass jump scares. That's but the- that was the one that I felt was so earned. That's the first Annabelle, right? Not the second or third. I don't think I've seen the second one. Okay. Yeah, pretty sure it's the, it's whatever one's set in like the 50s or 60s. Yeah, I think that is the first one. Yeah. But those are the kinds of scares that I love. And that's something that this was kind of filled with. And there were scenes that, and like one of my favorite scenes from this movie was when Tina was dying. When she was like flipping out and her boyfriend Rod wakes up, pulls the sheets off and she's just like screaming and like it looks like she's fighting this invisible creature, which she is. It's just in her dreams. And there's a scene where she gets lifted from the bed and starts spinning around. And that was terrifying it was and especially it, like pushing her up the walls and on the ceiling and some crazy ass shit yeah and so like she gets lifted up and then you see the slice like her her shirt like rips open which you, you didn't see anything which i appreciated i did too. but they slice like freddie slices her down her stomach and then she's just like bleeding profusely and then she goes up the wall and onto the ceiling and then drops from the ceiling onto the bed. And then the scene's over. And like, I loved that scene. I was, dude, I still have no idea how the hell they lifted her from the bed. I didn't watch any of the others. No, I did. Oh shit. Really? That's the one that the one thing they didn't talk about. Damn it. Like, so yeah, if you guys go on YouTube and just search Nightmare on Elm Street, Tina death scene, like, it shows Tina going up the wall, which they explained they just built a replica of the room and then made it so they could turn it. So kind of what they've done with Inception and other movies where they needed the room to spin. Yeah. And... So they were doing, so that's basically what they did. They just built this rig and then 
had her film her scenes going across the the wall, which is just nuts, by the way. Still looks amazing. It really does. Um, but yeah, what pisses me off is that the one effect that I wanted to know how they did, because I know that with most older movies, they could not paint out wires or harnesses or anything of that sort. So the fact that she got lifted up, and you could see her get lifted up, yeah. and then she started spinning in the same scene, I and there was like no wires that I could see. And so I'm a, I'm like, they didn't have the technology to just paint out those wires. And if they did, they did a damn good job. <laughs> but I wanted to know how they shot that. Like, how did they lift her up? Because if they couldn't use wires, like, what did they do? <laughs> and it pisses me off. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, that aggravates me more than it should. Oh, my gosh. But, dude, I was Googling it. I was just like, I cannot figure out how they lifted her up. Uh, contact Robert England himself. No joke. Like, that's what it's probably going to have to come down to. Um, oh, shit. But anyway, that's just getting into different things I loved about the sto- this movie. So, I mean, we'll talk about that once we get to effects. But the overall story was so good. It really was. And it's like a basic story, too, I would feel. But it, like, the way that they pulled it off was amazing. It, I mean, because, honestly, it's terrifying to think of a guy that can... Not only haunt your nightmares, but what happens in your nightmare can actually translate to the real world. Exactly. That is absolutely terrifying. Yeah, that's nuts. Because I've had some weird-ass dreams, and I'm so glad that that shit doesn't follow me into the real world. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's an amazing concept. And the execution on it was phenomenal damn straight yeah so where are you sitting at with the story i'm honestly in the 80 yeah yeah are you i am too i'm like a solid 85 yeah i was like 84 86 so i could definitely go 85 on that okay perfect all right, next up we got the writing. Okay, I got to point out the best line in this movie. When he when she uh Nancy runs into the hall monitor and she's just like, "Where's your pass? Screw your pass." <laughs> I feel that's what that's everyone's favorite line from this movie for some reason. Everyone loves to quote that. Cuz I I mean, would you ever say that to a hall monitor that <laughs> screw your pass? Yeah. Honestly, probably. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then, fair enough. I I've only dealt with one hall monitor in my life. It was me, guys. And sure. yeah, I gave them so much shit. Oh, you were one of those. You're a dick. Yeah, dude. I had <laughs> I had a hall pass on me. I put it in my back pocket. Yeah. I refuse to show it to to them. Why? Because I'm a prick. You're a dick. <laughs> What the hell? Yeah, it's it's just the way that they asked. It's just I was like fully ready 
to show the the pass. Yeah. And then they're just like, hey, you can't be here without a pass. You need to show it to me now. And that's when I was just like, no, <laughs> I don't think so. I'm good. Yeah. Um, You can go screw yourself. <laughs> like, screw you and your pass. Oh, my goodness. Uh, there's an, another quote from that movie that I feel like everyone quotes. I'm trying to pull it up. When Nancy wakes up and she's just like, all you had to do was stay awake, you bastard. That that, that was a good one. <laughs> I freaking love that. <laughs> um, Yeah, I laughed my ass that off at that scene. That was very funny. Oh, no, it's the, uh, when she's trying to call her boyfriend on the phone, and it's Freddy, and he's just like, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> the, the freaking tongue, tongue phone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, that was so gross. It was so gross, but. Cool effect. Very cool practical effect. Yeah. There are so many quotes from this that are amazing. I can't remember. Is it in this one that Freddy, he puts up his glove and he's like, this is God. Yeah. He does say that in this one. Okay. Yeah, he does that to Tina. That's who it was. Um, I'm, yeah, I have the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the quotes pulled up. And there's just so many that are like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and like w- one of my other favorites is up here. Because the first one is uh, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Yep. And then the next one is, why are you screaming? I haven't even caught you yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the infamous watch this, and he just starts cutting off his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Oh, and then when Nancy in the dream is like, or is trying to wake up Glenn, and she's like, Glenn, wake up. Are you there? And then Freddy's like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, I love that shit, dude. I freaking love all the little one-liners from Freddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing any other ones that are just, like sticking out. But That's definitely what Robert England is known for as Freddy Cougar. Yeah, I love that shit. I wanna, I'm so excited to watch the other uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets. I've heard they're not all that good. The other ones aren't? Like, I think... I hear the second one sucks. I think the third... I think someone said, like, the third and fourth are, like, basically the exact same freaking movie. Mm. Um, I think Freddy's Dead is not that bad. And then uh, I told you A New Nightmare is actually pretty good, really good. And then I don't remember the other ones. And then there's Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah. yeah. I'm super excited still. Just because... I feel like a movie can suck, but you can still get some pretty decent quotes from it. Oh, yeah. Um, but this movie was just super well written. What I loved... Well, okay, sorry. Not going with this movie, but I think it was in Jason X. They teased Freddy vs. Have you ever seen the tease for Freddy vs. Jason? Mm-mm. So it's after like Jason goes to hell and all this shit, and his mask is like just uh, on slaying on the ground in the dirt, and Freddy's glove pops up. And grabs his mask and drags it down. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was an awesome <laughs> tease. And you just hear Freddy's laugh. And then it, like, yeah, you hear Freddy's laugh and then it cuts to black. 
That is sick. It, it was an awesome tease. Oh, I was so pumped. I, um, you've already seen it, so I can get pumped. No, I want to watch that scene. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Freddy vs. Jason. Sorry. No, Freddy vs. Jason. I haven't seen that in a while. I need to watch it. You do? I think it's on Netflix, isn't it? It might be. I remember seeing it on there. I don't know if it's gone away if since. If it is, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm just kidding. I already have it. I own it twice, so, you know, I really don't. Yeah. Anyway. um, Very well written movie, I feel. Um, it's, some things have, have aged, I feel, um, like the screw your pass. Sorry, that one. Yeah, like that, (laughs) like that's not necessarily one of the lines. I feel like the one thing, like Rod, he hasn't aged well. Oh yeah. And it's not necessarily like his writing hasn't aged well. It's just his character. He's such a dick that, like, yeah, he, honestly, he, when he when he dies, you don't feel bad for him. No, not even a little bit. It's so dumb because when they're at, I think, was it Tina's house? Yeah. Yeah, they're at Tina's house. They hear noise in the backyard. Glenn goes out in the backyard and starts yelling for whoever's making these noises. And then Rod tackles him. And then Glenn gives him shit. And then he pulls a knife on Glenn. Yeah. Like seriously like how old are you it's like okay dude we going back to the greases and socias days yeah and just you're so stupid anyone who pulls a knife like just trying to be cool yeah i i can definitely agree with that just like you're so dumb like i hope you do stab me (laughs) (laughs) like at least that you won't look like such a tool (laughs) so yeah i other than that, I think this aged fairly well. It did. I absolutely agree. Um, so, what are you thinking for writing? I can't decide if it's the exact same as story, or would you put it a little higher or lower? What do you think? Hmm. I may put it on the same level, honestly. 85? Yeah. I can give you that. Okay, let's go with 85 then. Bam. All right, next up we got acting. Okay, so Robert England's Freddie. Definitely. Um, girl who played Nancy. Absolutely. Do we want a great Johnny Depp? I think he was in it enough, okay. so yes. So should we just grade those three? I'd say yeah. Okay. I'm trying to like think. The mom wasn't quite in it enough. Um, Tina definitely wasn't in in it enough. Uh, yeah, the only other one that I would consider is the mom, but again, she wasn't in it enough. Yeah, I agree. Because the dad was in it less than the mom. Yeah. So yeah, I would definitely go with those main three. All right, so should we start with Johnny Depp? Yeah. Okay. All right, so yeah, Johnny Depp played Glenn Lance. And overall... I think he did a pretty good job. For um, his first film, he did a damn good job. Yeah. Wait, actually, do we? I don't think this actually was his first film. I think I lied to you. I'm sorry. Well, isn't that what they were saying in the special features? That it was his first like feature film? Oh, yeah, I think they were. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Yes, you were right. 
Yeah, like I know he'd done some like acting before, and that he was like but America's his... dreamboat. Yeah, but this was his first breakout role. Yeah. Um, I'll give him this. He has one of the coolest deaths in the franchise, getting sucked into his bed. At least to me. Coolest? I would say no. Well, it's not the coolest, but I feel it's like up there. For me, at least. I would say one of the most iconic. Okay. Like, if you're thinking like iconic deaths, I think that's definitely one that stands out. All right. Fair. Let's go with that. Um, But yeah, coolest. I'm, I'm, I, me personally, I'm on the fence. Okay. Yeah, but the whole, like, blood gushing out and shit, that was really freaking cool. That was so cool. That was, oh, I freaking love that. <laughs> um, anyway. So, now, Johnny Depp, he was, I think his deliveries were a little bit on the dry side. Okay, I can give you that. Um, honestly, I, it felt more like, I didn't really feel like a romantic relate, like connection between him and Nancy. I mean, I felt more romantic relationship between them than, um, Tina and, uh, what's the asshole's name? Rod. Rod. I'll give you that. Well, I wouldn't say that, like, I think Tina and Rod had more of a, like a lustful relationship. Okay. That maybe Tina was only really into him because quote unquote he's hot and or something like that. Yeah, I don't Assuming. Know. Yeah. Um But yeah, like Glenn and Nancy were supposedly like boyfriend girlfriend. Yes. Or they were an item. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like it. Okay, I can give you that. I mean, I yeah. feel it felt like it a little bit. Okay, did but... you... I might be thinking the wrong movie, but did you ever watch Pretty in Pink? No, actually. I've never seen that movie. No? Shit. Okay. Um. Okay. Let's try to do something a little bit more modern. Um. Stranger Things. I feel that their relationship felt more like the relationship that Dustin and Eleven had. I know that her like her main boo was Mike. Dustin and Ele- wait, when did Dustin and Eleven ever have a thing going? They didn't. That's oh. the issue. That's the point. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, like I know, like I said, I know that Eleven and Mike are more of an item than anything. Yeah, but yeah. I'm thinking like they're relate like. Nancy and Glenn, I would compare to Dustin and Eleven. Damn, it's like it, it didn't really have any like. I think the, the like, maybe like no Dustin the, and Max, but okay. The no the the example I was going to use was, um, the relationship that the main. Oh shit! What's her name? Uh gosh. I forget. I'm totally spacing on her name from Pretty Pretty in Pink. Um, Ducky, her and Ducky, like it's that kind of relationship. I feel where there's like a friendship, but not really a romantic aspect to it. So Molly Ringwald. Yeah, that's right. That's and then, it. And then Ducky was John Cryer. Yeah. 
So it's kind of that relationship where he was more like in the friend zone. Okay. And yeah, like he had a lot of interest towards her, but it didn't seem like she had any interest towards him. In reference to Glenn and Nancy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, yeah. That, like, that connection, I don't think he pulled off very well. He tried. Yeah. Definitely tried. Yeah. Which. You gotta commend If I gave him, like, some, if I, like, was being nice about it with, like, the points, which I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> you asshole. Yeah. I don't know. I'm more like in the 70s range. Not quite like low 70s, but not like it's mid. Like solid 75? Leaning more towards like 74. I can give you 74. <laughs> Gosh, where's the love for depth? Later down the road. <laughs> Fair. All right, next up we got Nancy, who's played by... Her name is something. Sorry. Uh, Heather Langenkamp. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she played Nancy. She was pretty good. She really was. I really liked her performance in this movie. Yeah, I think the only time I didn't like her performance was... At the opening. That's fair. When, uh, is it because, like, when, uh, Tina's saying, like, oh, you know, like, what was your nightmare about? She's just like, well, Tina, people just have, you know, people just have nightmares. It's just a, it's just a thing that happens. And you're just thinking, like, no, she's asking you a specific question of what your nightmare was about. Just tell the freaking lady. Yeah, it was that... Definitely that scene, and then later when they're at Tina's house, and she's just like, that's funny you say that, because that reminds me of my dream. Yeah. Like, okay, like, stop. <laughs> and then once she, once it became that she was the focus of the film, and it because they were trying to trick us and make us think that Tina was going to be the main focus. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then... Tina gets freaking she died wrecked. Yep, and yeah, then Nancy is the uh, the main. Once Nancy becomes the main, after it's after Tina dies. After Tina dies, Nancy's acting gets a whole lot better. Yes, I I can definitely agree with that. So I don't know what the deal was with the opening, I, unless they were trying to fool us, which I can. I mean, that is what he said he was trying to do. Yeah. Huh? So I mean, it did work. Yeah. So good, good job so on that, Wes Craven. Yeah, we see what you did. Yeah, and we appreciate it. Um. But yeah, Nancy was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, nothing like crazy special. No, I would say, but still pretty good for for a eighties horror film. Pretty pretty good. Yeah. Um. What are you thinking with her? I'm thinking like a solid 80. Solid 80? Yeah. I can definitely give you that. All right. The man, the myth, the legend. Robert England is Freddy Krueger. Oh. <sighs> he was good. He. Trust me, he gets better. Yeah. If 
I think he was definitely better than Nancy. Yeah, I can give you that. Because he was just more consistently good. And he's just nuts, dude. The way he delivers the one-liners are amazing. So good. Like, I loved him. Like, there were certain things that his character did that I didn't quite understand. Like, the whole... When he's telling Nancy, watch this, and then lifts his shirt up and slices himself. Like, that made no sense. And this is how Freddy is. Yeah, but it's just... It's still fun. Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't quite put him at 85, though. Okay. I, I think he's definitely better than Nancy, just not quite a full... 85? 83? Yeah. I, can, I can definitely do 83 okay. for him. Let's do it. Like, I can definitely see him getting better down the road. And I hope he does. Like, just... Well, I mean, you kind like, of seen you saw him in Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, and you've so, seen how far he's come. Yeah, so that was really good. Because that was unfortunately the last time that he played Freddy Krueger was in Freddy vs. Jason. Damn, I know. That's a bummer. All right, next up we got logic, horror logic. So we're not going to be setting this in reality. Actually, wait, did you average out the? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we averaging out ev- all the acting s- grades. <laughs> Come on, Caleb. Uh, it brings our acting grade to a seventy nine. Not bad. Yeah, like a a solid seventy nine. Um. Okay. Now getting into lo or the logic. Sorry. So this is the like I know with other films it's kind of been based in like whatever the movie has set up. Yeah. So this is including like. The, the more mystical, supernatural aspects of Freddy Krueger. Okay. Um, not necessarily, like, how realistic is this? Yeah. It's whatever the rules they set up, how do they how do, they do at following them? Okay. For that, I think they did a really good job. Um, I especially like that if, um, if you, like, hurt yourself in a the dream there's a huge if you're like intentionally hurting yourself like how nancy burned her arm on the boiler there is a strong chance that is going to wake you up yeah and it follows you into the real world yes i love that i freaking love that idea that whatever marks whatever happens to your body in freddy's world comes back to you on in the real world freaking love that shit yeah that was awesome um, and then the same with Freddy, like he can do more like mystical things in his world than he can in the real world. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. And like, for example, like he gets freaking hit in the gut with a sledgehammer and then like takes a, ton- a dive down the stairs. Yeah. And like, you could see that that physically injures him. But, like, then there's, like, other things where his arms are, like, super long. And, like, you don't see him do any of that stuff in the real world. And then the fire burns him. So I don't know if it's just because you can't attack Freddy in his world or injure Freddy or whatever. Yeah, you you can't. Yeah, you have to bring him to the real world to be able to actually, if if you want a fair fight with Freddy, 
you have to bring him into the real world. Yeah, so that I I really liked that kind of explaining. I mean, they didn't really do a, an amazing job of explaining that, like that how Freddy is in the dream world versus the real world. Yeah, and I'm wondering if uh, they explain that more as the uh, movies go on. Kind of hoping they do. I hope they do as well, because I think that concept is incredible. Yes, I absolutely agree. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see like the progression of Nancy going from being super terrified of sleeping because of Freddy to I'm going to take a stand against him. Yeah. Um, Although, I, I just want to point out, going off that... um. Since when can you just say, oh, I take away every ounce of energy I gave to you, that you just can say that and it just automatically works? Yeah. <laughs> like, don't you have to show that shit? Uh, I don't know. I think it's it worked well enough. All right. It's just... It's just it it is like one of those cheap things and yeah. i think that's one of those logic things cuz if she didn't want to be afraid of freddy or give him that power i think it would make more sense to do that in the dream world true so bringing him into the real world he should have been able to attack her i yeah, i absolutely agree so i think <laughs> that would have been funny if he's she's just like I'm not giving you this power. Turns around and she he like slices her. <laughs> it's like didn't need it, bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, or like she turns around and just like sits there, and he's just like looking around, like what the shit, and then like stabs her, and so like okay, like, I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah. Um, one thing that I don't think they really explain that well. Which I will dock for, like, the logic in this. What was he doing to the... Like, why was he attacking the mom? Yeah, and then she just sinks into the bed with him. And disappears. Yeah. Like, what? I need some explaining. Yeah, what the shit was that about? That that, that was some freaky-ass shit. Yeah. Super dope effect. Yeah, it was cool. But, like... Why? Yeah, exactly. Like, you were so busy on chasing Nancy. Like, why would you go and attack the mom? Wasn't she on the couch? No, uh, Nancy had put her to bed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was just sworn she was on the couch. <laughs> like, that was one of those things. I thought she was, like, downstairs, too. No. Nah. So. Okay. <laughs> um. But, yeah. I think the, overall they did a really good job at following their own rules. They did. I don't think they were perfect just because there were some things that they set up that they didn't explain. Um, but I mean, there's some things that you kind of have to um justify yourself and that and I think they do that with the dream world versus real world, Freddy. Yeah. It's just the different random shit that they have no explanation for whatsoever, and you can't justify anything with that. So I think they did a fairly good job overall. 
I'm sitting at like a 90 with how they logic. I can absolutely give you that. All right. Next up, we got effects. These and with, have aged very well. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the only effect that I'm going to dock is when Freddy goes to attack Nancy at the very end, and, and he disappears. Digitalizes. Yeah, that's the or only thing that I'm docking. Yeah, okay. He disappears Whatever. somehow. That's the only effect that I'm I'm docking for. Everything else was absolutely incredible. Is if Thanos was in the eighties, that's how people disappear. <laughs> <laughs> they were pixelized instead of dusted. Yep. So I loved that. I did too. Oh, so good. Like there were so many good effects. Like the long arms. Like that yes, they looked really cheesy. But it but... still works. And like how you like you love the scene and I love it too. Uh, Tina, the bedroom scene with her like flying on the wall, just being thrown around, and just that was amazing. Johnny Depp's death scene—I'm not even gonna name his actor. Yeah. He's just I, Johnny Depp. I. So we like watched how a lot of those were were done, how a lot of those effects were done, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Tina's death scene—they had a room that they could rotate. Yes. Um, and they had a camera over by uh, Tina's boyfriend's head, but they had him strapped into the wall. Yep. So they could move, and then they also said that they just like plastered his hair so yeah. it wouldn't move. Yep. Um. So just probably like a shit ton of hairspray, yeah. and then they rotated the room so Tina could do her thing, and. It worked so it well. So good. Oh, what especially with how old this is. Yeah. And they had to design the rooms in a very specific way. And you I could almost kind of tell that with uh Johnny Depp's room. Cause they had to do kind of the same thing. Not not exactly. Like they didn't have it so they could rotate everything. They had to design the room to be strapped down. Everything was yeah. was screwed down, tied down, how whatever they had to do to get the room to flip. And I mean because obviously you can't have shit falling on your actors. Yeah, that would no. So the rotate well in court. <laughs> so the rotating room with Tina looked amazing. The fully upside down room with Johnny Depp looked amazing and yes. you could tell a little bit that everything was kind of clumped together. Yeah, okay. And yeah, so it was like easy to flip upside down. And so the way that they did his death scene is like they just had the bed that like pulled him down. Yeah. And then they went into the room that was upside down and sh- just shot and dumped a like 200 gallons worth of colored water. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's what they said. Yeah, just dump that. That's a shit ton. Yeah, so it it looks like it's just splashing on the walls, but it's all staying on the ceiling. Oh, so good. <laughs> like such a I would imagine that's a pr- fairly cheap way to do that effect. Yeah, I'm sure, but very very effective. Yeah. Um let's see other things that we saw. Oh, 
I forget who rips his face off. Was it Tina? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, she reaches up and goes to grab uh Freddy's face while he's attacking her. And she reaches up and his face slides off and it's like a skeleton underneath it. What I love, that's not even an actual person. It's a dummy. It's it's a a dummy shaped exactly like Robert England. And it, it, shit looks really real. Oh, it looks so good. Even um, like when Freddy slices open his stomach and you see all those guts and shit, that looked incredible. Yeah. Um, Tina, when she's in the body bag, there's a scene like when she's in the body bag and then it's kind of opened. There's a centipede that crawls out of her mouth. Yeah, yeah in the alleyway. Yeah, in the alleyway. And then there's like snakes or eels or just some gross Ugh. looking shit on her feet. So gross. Yeah, like that shit holds up. Um, all the effects, everything was as practical as it as they could do it, and then like the few CGI scenes, like the one CGI scene that I'm not going to dock for because I thought it still looked good was when Freddy was going through the uh, oh the jail the bar. Yeah, that's that looks so good still. Yeah, like, it's a basic effect. But... Yeah, but very, very effective. Oh, so good. What are you thinking? Is that a 100, right? Yeah. Dude, honestly, I'm at, like, a 90. I love these effects so much. I can give you a 90. And that's even docking the uh, the one effect that I think didn't age well. Yeah. All right, next up we got Music. Music's pretty solid. I, I mean, there's no denying the classic Nightmare on Elm Street theme song is super, super good. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's anything, like, over-the-top special, though. No, I, I wouldn't say so. Um, so, I, I'm personally sitting at, like, a 7 or an 8. I would give it an 8. 8? Uh, yeah. Alright. Let's go with 8. Alright, next up we got Costumes. I'm I'm honestly gonna give it high just because of Freddy's iconic green and red sweater. Like, how can you not beat that? It's so iconic. It looks so good. I'll give you that for sure. Yeah, like Rod looked really good. I feel. Yeah, Nancy looked good. Um, shit. What's Johnny Depp's character's name? Glenn. Glenn. He looked good. All the 80s outfits looked good for the time. Yeah. I think that they just kind of wore whatever they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and let's but... not forget Freddy's classic fedora. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. But everything looked pretty solid. Yeah. Aged really well. Um, I mean, you can obviously tell it's 80s, but I think a lot of that can slip by. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. So, what are you thinking? I'm thinking eight. I can give you an eight. All right. All right. Lastly, we got our own personal grade. All right. Do you want me to go first or do you want to? Yeah, I'll let you go first. Okay. So, overall, this is, when it comes to, like, classic horror films, this is absolutely one of the greatest ever made. Um, This is definitely in my top three. I would say... um. In no particular order, it's this, Halloween, and Child's Play. Um, 
Um, but yeah, Robert England is at his uh, best in this movie, and I feel he gets better as he goes uh, throughout these films. The girl that plays Nancy is amazing. Johnny Depp's pretty good. Uh, story is really good. I think Wes Craven really knocked it out of the park with this movie, so I'm actually on a solid 90. Nice. Um, Funny enough, I am actually right in line with you on that. I... I did not think I was going to enjoy this film as much as I did. And a lot of that has to do with the practical effects of this and just how intriguing the story is. All right. Um, I loved everyone's performance in this, especially Robert England's. Um, But, yeah, it's just... The story is what sold it for me. It's a really good story. The story and effects are the absolute... I loved them. Yeah. I love practical effects, and I loved... I sat through like 50 minutes of the special effects um, documentary going... that he likes it. Yeah, I love learning about how they did old-time effects, or just those kind of different things, so... Yeah, absolutely loved it. So I'm sitting at a very solid 90 as well. Hell yeah. And with that, that brings us to the conclusion of this breakdown. And our final grade for Nightmare on Elm Street is... A B plus. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, It is sitting at a 86.12%. All right. Um, yeah, that's so good. Really so good. Is. Well deserved. Um, so comparing this to other movies, this is sitting one point below Psycho. Okay, not bad. Uh, it's sitting a little bit below the Five Bloods. All right. Uh, it is sitting. Three points below Ready or Not. Okay. Which I can agree with. Yeah, okay. Um, it is in line... Or it's actually the same below uh, Avengers and Black Panther. The first Avengers? Yes. Okay. It is a... It's in line with Spider-Man Homecoming. Alright. So, I think it's... Spider-Man Homecoming is 0.1% higher. <laughs> um, oh, and all the only movies I'm listing right now for everyone listening uh, are are B-plus movies. Um, the, it's just comparing them to our other B-plus movies. Um, it is two points below The Invisible Man and okay. three points lower than Knives Out. Fair. On both. Yeah. It's one point lower than Parasite. Okay. And then... Point... Four... Yeah, point four percent lower than Frozen 2. And we have a shit ton of other B-plus movies, but we'd be here all day. (laughs) So, yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, definitely... A good uh, a good score for this film. Yes, absolutely. 
It's definitely better than Friday the 13th. It is hella better than Friday the 13th. <laughs> what did we get Friday the 13th? A D. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, Friday shit. the 13th is sitting at a 63%, and this one's 86. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a huge jump. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so like we said, this concludes this week's breakdown. Um, if you liked this episode, want to hear more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, we're more places than we know. <laughs> um, but our most popular are like Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and all those different places. Uh, you can also catch every episode that we release on YouTube. Uh, be f- sure to follow and sub or yeah, be f- sure to follow us on social media: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at the All Bros. Uh, you can also email us if you want to DM us or if you want to email us with episode ideas, answer our question of the week, or if you want to join us, um, you can DM us as well on our social media, or you can email us at the All Bros Channel at gmail dot com. Check out our website, tinyurl.com slash theallbros, where you can find links to everything that we do, as well as our merch store, which is on TeePublic. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do for this artwork, <laughs> but we will find out. So, just be on the lookout for that uh, when it comes out. So, yeah, with that... Oh, um... So we are going to have an episode next week, uh, which will be in November. So that like same scheduled episode, but we're going to be doing a Halloween special. Um, and our Halloween special, we're going to be breaking down the original Halloween. Yeah, boy. And that will be released. I'm going to release it midnight on Halloween. I like it. So, or would it be like the thirtieth? Release at midnight on the thirtieth. Yeah, I think that's how you would say it. Yeah, whatever. It's going to be released on October thirty first at zero hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that when that comes out because that'll be our October Halloween special. Um, and then after that, uh, so our normally scheduled episode, we're going to be talking about late night. Uh, so you guys can look forward to those next two episodes. And until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next week. Or on Halloween. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Way to catch yourself. Yeah. So we'll catch you guys on Halloween. Later. Why you gotta change it up on me? You changed it up on me, asshole. I failed. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna let you redeem yourself. Oh, you bitch. <laughs>